it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Western Hockey League tonight, four minutes left in the second period. Oil Kings trailing the Swift Current Broncos 3-1. Around the National Hockey League, Seattle up 3-2 in Vegas. That's late in the second period. Also in the second, Detroit with a 3-1 lead on Arizona. Islanders and Blue Jackets are 2-2. Devils trying to start a new winning streak up 2-1 on the Sabres. Lightning lead the Blues 3-1, and the Jets and the Stars are 2-2. That is early in the second period there. Later, the Kings play the Sharks. Several games have already gone final. There were some uh, matinees this afternoon because of the uh, U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. Bruins over the Hurricanes 3-2 in overtime. Canadians beat the Blackhawks uh, 3-2 in a shootout. Kirby Dock scoring in the shootout, the former Blackhawk. Maple Leafs over the Wild 4-3. Nylander got the winner, his 11th of the season. Capitals shut out the Flames 3-0. Ovechkin had a power play goal in that game, his 11th of the season. Senators all over the Ducks, 5-1, and the Penguins beat the Flyers 4-1. Avalanche and Predators postponed. The Predators' home game tomorrow against Columbus also postponed because of a water main break. So a couple games will have to be rescheduled there for uh, Nashville and their two opponents. Oilers and Rangers tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. It is 9.30 a.m. for the face-off show. I'll be cooking pancakes while I'm on the air, Derek. I can't wait. With some Platinum Edition Inside Sports canned yes, hams, of course. Side of canned ham. <laughs> I can't wait. Pancakes and canned ham. That is truly the most nutritious breakfast you can have. So 9.30 a.m. for the face-off show, and the uh, puck will drop at 11. Oilers are 10-10. and 10. Rangers are 10-7-4. and 4. And uh, then the Oilers home on Monday against the Florida Panthers. Then they're back on the road for a couple of games again. On uh, Wednesday, they're taking on... Uh, Chicago, and then uh, Minnesota is going to be the game on Thursday. So busy stretch here for uh, the Oilers as they try to start banking some points, just 10 and 10 so far. All right, another huge game on the weekend, 9 a.m. Sunday, Canada, Croatia. Uh, I can tell you this, Canada has to get at least a draw to still have a chance to make the, uh, the knockout round of 16 teams. If they lose, they are out, and their final game against Morocco will... Well, I mean, I don't want to say meaningless, but it, it you know it won't it won't help them whether they if they win that game. So they got to get something out of uh, Sunday's game to discuss more about the Canadian soccer team. I am pleased to welcome back to the show a gentleman who uh, used to coach right here in Edmonton with FC Edmonton. He was uh, a member of the Canadian national soccer team as uh, a player, and he also coached the uh, Canadian uh, men's team for a while as well uh, as an assistant coach. It, and then he was the interim coach for a while too, about 20 years ago. It is Colin Miller checking in. Colin, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Reid. It's great to be back on the show and, and speaking to you once again. 
Yeah, it's nice to catch up with you again. It's been a few years. Obviously, you were with FC Edmonton for a few seasons, so we got to talk uh, when you were coaching the team. But you were just in Edmonton earlier this week, uh, and you got to spend some time with some Canadian soccer fans. Before we dive into that game against Belgium, just tell me about the enthusiasm and the passion you experienced in, in getting to see fans watch Canada in a World Cup. Yeah, I think you nailed it there, Reid. It was, it was really... It, it was very humbling watching it, you know, as, as an ex-national team player and, and captain and coach and so on and so forth, to actually be in a, a pub, sorry for you young ones listening, but it being in a, an establishment, let's say, uh, with a sea of like-minded people uh, was quite remarkable. And the fact that we were there watching the Canadian national team play uh, was quite was quite special because I've been in establishments before, but it would have been to watch Scotland play or the famous Glasgow Rangers play, uh, it would have been those teams. And and this was the first time we got the chance to really, uh, you know, let our hair down a little bit as supporters. And there was over 300 people at the pint uh, on White that day. Uh, wonderfully run event and, and uh, delighted to have been there and shared the moment with the with the, uh, the fans. Yeah, a pretty good turnout for a game in the right in the middle of the week, noon on Wednesday, yeah, which, was, which is pretty cool. Well, I, I, I want to get your impressions of that game because I feel like the consensus is everybody is pretty happy with the way Canada played, um, but you don't get a point out of it. How do you sort of uh, process that now that it's been a couple of days since the match? Yeah, much the same as you've said there. I mean, I thought I, I've actually used the analogy that if you were a neutral watching the game, I think you'd be hard, fairly hard pressed to figure out which of the two colours of strips were number two in the world uh, in, in terms of rankings. I, I, I was, I thought it was a terrific performance from the Canadian players, very well prepared as usual by by John Herdman and his staff, uh, and I didn't think we looked out of place. And when you play against a team, and, and I thought Belgium were poor, uh, but I also believe that we contributed to that uh, performance to, uh, from Belgium just because the attitude, the application of the players, the aggression, uh, the intensity that we, we defended uh, was very much as, similar to England against the US today. The, the, we just didn't give Belgium a chance to grow into the game. And, you know, when it all comes down to it, Reid, it's about putting the ball in the back of the net. We have a phenomenal opportunity with young Alfonso Davies uh, taking the penalty and he misses that penalty. And at this level of football, I'm sure like any other top sports in, in the world, and when you get to that level of the competition, it's about that end product, isn't it? It's about uh, either scoring goals or being able to defend goals. And unfortunately for Canada, we created enough chances, but just didn't have an end product on the day. Okay, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Bob Lenarduzzi yesterday, and one that's been discussed by... A lot of people, you know, soccer fans, and there's a lot of brand new fans this week. Yes. What happened? Well, before I, I ask you who should have taken the kick, what what is the process in your experience as a guy who played and coached at the highest level and have played and coached at a variety of levels uh, for selecting the kick taker? Like when when you've been a coach, is there somebody that you say you're going to do it? Is it a spur of the moment decision? Who's feeling good? What goes into picking a kick taker mid game? Yeah, great question. Uh, there, there's no question as, as a staff, we would go through who wants to take the penalty, who wants to step up to take the penalty. Um, if you force someone to take it, they may not be entirely comfortable. Some managers even say 
you're going to take it and I want you to shoot left. So the responsibility is solely on the manager's shoulders at that point because he's the one that's decided which player is going to take it and which direction he wants them to shoot. Um, but there will have been a process read, there's no question about it, about uh, uh, who's going to take the penalty. And at the moment, or in that moment, it would have been who fancied it uh, as well. So I, there's, there's no question in my mind that Alfonso Davies was the one who said, I'll, I'll step up to take it. I'm surprised that, that Jonathan David didn't take the penalty because he's the one that's in form and, and a natural goal scorer as well, strikes the ball well. Uh, um, I, I have to say hand on heart that uh, when Fonzie stood up to take it, I, I actually didn't I, I didn't fancy us to score. And I said that, I said, I don't fancy this year. Fonzie uh, is not the guy for me to take the penalty. And that's nothing against one of the best left fullbacks in, in the world at the moment. But I just at that moment, I didn't fancy him. Uh, but that's a little bit of the process, a little bit of the background. Who fancies taking a penalty? And, uh, you know, in that moment, is it still the same person? All right. Well, and you answered my other question, but Jonathan David, which that's what Bob said yesterday. And that seems to yeah. be the consensus name out there just because of his pedigree, right? Sure. Absolutely. He's playing at the top level in Europe and um, scoring goals and uh, is, is destined, I think, even for bigger clubs in Europe, the way he's playing. Okay, so now Croatia is, is coming up here on Sunday. Colin Miller joining us tonight at Inside Sports, talking about Canada at the World Cup. Um, you know, if, if Canada plays that way again, you'd think they're going to have a chance. Are, are, are we good enough, consistent enough to play that way again? And now Croatia's seen how we play. And oh, by the way, the coach maybe unintentionally gave them a little bulletin board material with the F Croatia comment or yes. whatever it was. So... You know, how are you feeling going into this next match? Well, I've worked very closely with John, uh, both with the women's national team, and I was on his first staff uh, when John took over for the men's national team. So I know him pretty, pretty well, and I know his intentions uh, with every game is to try to win the game. You know, he's not a coach that wants to sit back and wait to get beat. Uh, he's a player, he's a, he's a coach that will have prepared the team like very, very few people I've ever met, to be honest with you, Reed. And, and he, uh, his attention to detail is fabulous. So I expect Canada to approach the game in the same manner, although uh, they have poked the bear a little bit with Croatia. Uh, there's no question about it. And I'm sure John will look back on those comments and, and regret it. I know John, and, and that's not, uh, it's in his character, but at that time, it's probably the worst time he's, he's ever picked to, to poke the bear. Croatia, as, as you get further into the tournament, there's more and more pressure goes on to the teams that haven't picked up a point, haven't won a game. So I, I expect Canada to be under enormous pressure on, on Sunday. Uh, I, I think this Croatian side, if it's uh, the, the Croatian side that we're all aware of, with, with Modric and, and uh, Perisic, uh, Kovacic, I've been writing them all down here, Stanisic, uh, that play in, in the top clubs in the world, I think that we could be in for a difficult uh, a difficult 90 minutes for sure. They've got arguably one of the best midfields in the world in, in Croatia. Uh, and they also have a very talented, uh, well, they have a, net, a wonderful pedigree at this level of the game. So Canada has to be up for that. We will have to have an element of discipline. Now John wants to play a high press. He wants to really try and eliminate players from the game. And it's a big ask to be able to do that again. Uh, and and it'll be a very interesting approach. I expect us to see the, the, the same sort of intensity from Canada. I really do, and that's been knowing John, as I said earlier. 
I just think this one here now with Croatia being the the, the, the background that they have in the game, I think this will be a very difficult game for Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, Herdman has done great things for Canadian soccer. Yes. And and this, I, I you know, I don't mean anything. Uh, you know, this I don't think this is a sexist comment or anything like that. So, some people can coach women and don't coach men as well. Some people can coach men, don't coach women as well, for whatever reason. He's done well with with both. Uh, and everybody talks about what a great motivator he is. What what makes him sort of special that he's able to just connect? Like, I got the interview at the intermission of an Oilers game, and I felt like I could play for the national team after talking to him for three minutes. You know, like, what, what makes him so strong that way? Well, he, he develops a trust with his players. He has an enormous staff. I believe the last one of the last games, Canada had a 29-member staff with the team. So his attention to detail and his preparation from his staff's point of view, as a player, you, you couldn't help but be impressed by what's going on behind the scenes to make my job as a football player that much easier. So, so right away, uh, and I've experienced it in both camps here with John, he treats people fairly and honestly. And he tells you as he sees it. And the, the level of, of expectation, basically, they don't buy in. You're going to struggle to get into the team. So uh, he's all about continuity w within the group, a bit of, and, and the lads have called it a brotherhood uh, in amongst the group, which is wonderful. You've, you've been around sports long enough where you know that if a group of players are tight and they can work hard together, they have a chance to achieve something. John helps to build that with everything that he's doing behind the scenes. The players, as an ex-player myself, if I see the manager who's gone to that much detail, you can't help but be impressed. And I think that sums him up, really. He's a terrific motivator. There's no question about it. Cares very much. There's a, a tiny part of John that uh, maybe has an edge on him because he hasn't played the game at the top level. So I think that spurs him on a little bit as well. Uh, and, and all of those things put together... Before you know it, you've got everybody buying in in the same direction. And with when he had the women's team, everybody bought in. When he's had the men's team now, it certainly seems to me that everyone has bought in as well. Yeah. Well, Colin, always appreciate your perspective. It's great to catch up with you. Let everybody know what you're doing now, by the way, before we go. Yes. Yeah, I'm the, uh, I've got the face and build for radio, so I'm now doing the uh, colour commentating for the Vancouver Whitecaps in the MLS. I do one or two games on TSN with the TV as well when they're desperately short of, uh, of uh, colour commentators. And and I'm, my full-time job is I'm the technical director of the Abbotsford Soccer Association. So it's where my family lives. Uh, we've been here since uh, 2000 when, when we came back after my playing career. And the, the little general or the wife, I call her, uh, she's, uh, she and the kids have been based here and I've been the one that's travelled all over the world with the football. So it's nice to be putting something back into our community again at the grassroots level. Certainly miss the top level of the game every day, but uh, been very, very fortunate to still be involved. Well, we're fortunate to uh, to have you on the show again. It's it's good to catch up with you after your days with uh, FC Edmonton. And always, I, I really appreciate your perspective on the World Cup. I, I hope Canada uh, has a few more games ahead because then I'm going to bug you again to come on the yeah. show if they keep going. <laughs> yeah, you can bug me anytime. We've got a chance. There's no question we have a chance. We will have to be at our very best without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Colin Miller checking in now with the uh, Abbotsford Soccer Association, former player for the Canadian national team. He was the interim coach a couple of times, used to coach here uh, with FC Edmonton, and that is his perspective on uh, how Canada did against Belgium on Wednesday and the game against Croatia on Sunday morning. 
another very, very tough opponent for Canada. No, another very, very tough opponent. Absolutely be encouraged with how they played against Belgium. But again, you got to get something out of that game. A, a tie gives you a point, keeps you alive. A win gives you three points. And then, you know, you're then you kind of control your own destiny against Morocco in uh, the final game of the group stage next week. Uh, Colin Miller's an interesting story. Um, he was on the 1986 team to go to the World Cup in Mexico. It was a 22-man roster, and the coach of the team decided to only bring 18 players um, just to have, you know, not have guys around that weren't going to play. So uh, during that tournament, Colin Miller and those other three guys were just kept training and practicing in Vancouver. And uh, if something would have happened to one of the players at the World Cup, you know, one or more of them would have got the call to, to go in there and, and actually be around the team. So he, he made the World Cup team, and then he didn't get to go to the World Cup. Kind of a strange story there for Colin Miller. Awesome to have him on the show. Okay, 780-496-0063. If you want to check in before we go to the weekend, it's Inside Sports on Chet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, good stuff there with Colin Miller. We had great, chop, uh, great cup champ, Justin Lawrence, on the show. Dave Maloney joined us as well. You heard a little bit from Tyson Berry, Jay Woodcroft, Philip Broberg. Broberg called up from the farm. Marcus Niemelainen sent down to Bakersfield. Broberg expect, expected to play tomorrow as the uh, Oilers take on the New York Rangers. I, I really enjoyed getting Justin Lawrence's perspective of, of being in that great cup because I, I just love hearing – what it was like for the the players and the coaches experiencing something that for most viewers was very, very tense. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to assume most of you are Elks fans, but I don't know if you kind of picked a team or were just watching. I was, I, I didn't really care who won. I was just, watching it because i never missed the great cup and even just watching it i you know my heart was racing a little bit you know it was just a, a nervous watch in that fourth quarter but as as justin said it's always it's always different for the athletes right he's thinking okay well winnipeg's got a field goal if they make it we still got 40 seconds to get it back you know the the athletes aren't um thinking this the same thing that the the viewers are perhaps in terms of oh this is this is over this is going to decide it they know they just got to go out there and uh and execute but man oh man a lot of <laughs> a lot of tense plays in that game and and he said you know the Argos earlier in the season weren't that great at keeping it together under tense circumstances and, and one of the games that helped them along the way was their uh, win over Edmonton late in the regular season they were four and five at the break and uh, then won eight of their last ten to win the championship so good for Justin Lawrence uh, grad of the uh, U of A played for the Golden Bears he was with the Stamps when they won the Grey Cup in 2018 but like I told you he was on the uh, practice roster for that game and did didn't actually get into it so this one has a lot more meaning for him that was uh pretty cool to have him on the show Derek Scott back at the 630 Ched Broadcasting Compound Derek how's your night going good Reed having a lot of fun tonight well well that's good you do have a PMA 
Positive mental attitude. <laughs> I try. <laughs> it's uh, very important. I stole that from, uh, I think Matt Foley said that in one of his sketches on Saturday Night Live. Okay. Remember the uh, Chris Farley character? Absolutely. Down by the river? Absolutely. Possibly the greatest SNL character ever. Uh, yeah, I would think so. I really like Sandler, too, but, I mean, there is something about Chris Farley. Well, I'm talking specifically the Matt Foley character. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I guess Wayne and Garth were on the show. They were pretty iconic. Uh, yeah. The, the, the church lady. The the uh, what did the the copy guy, Derek Derek Stare <laughs> yeah Derek a <Amadia. laughs> yep yep anyway I don't know how we got on the uh, SNL uh, track but that's okay yes uh, congratulations to Manny who won the Team Canada jersey earlier that was fun to chat with uh, with Manny who's been trying to win the jersey on other shows so he gets it here on Inside Sports the uh, Canada soccer jersey which hopefully he's going to have the chance to wear perhaps into the knockout round but it has to start Sunday Canada taking on Croatia at uh, at 9 a.m. like I said if Canada loses then they can't advance they'll still have one more game remaining in the group stage but they got to at least get a tie against Croatia hopefully a win and from the, the, I mean, Belgium's going to play Morocco. I think, you know, Belgium can win that game. So keep Morocco down in the standings. You don't want Morocco getting a, a point or three out of that game. So that's, uh, that's how I look at that one. All right. Uh, just quickly updating some scores here before we go. Start of the third period, Swift Current leading the Oil Kings 4-2. And the uh, NHL games that are still in progress. Start of the third period, Kraken lead the Golden Knights 4-2. End of the second, Detroit up 3-2 on Arizona. Islanders and Blue Jackets tied 2-2. Devils lead the Sabres 3-1. Late second period, Tampa Bay leading St. Louis 4-2. Middle of the second period, Jets up 3-2 on the Stars. Kings and Sharks are going to face off in about half an hour. I will join you at 9.30 in the morning for the face-off show. The game is at 11. Oilers at Rangers. Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports. Derek Scott, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.